Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I'm your host, Camry Widmer, and today we have extracted audio from a Zoom that we did, which is also posted on YouTube if you prefer to look at it that way. But it's talking all about building relationships, understanding, and communication between parents who get to be coaches and children who get to be the athletes. We have learned that unlike traditional sports with rodeo and this kind of horse-related competition, the weight room is lifting bales, the practice field is in our backyard, our equipment and budget is provided by the parents who also get to be the coach, the cook, the driver, the athletic director, the shoulder to lean on, and so much more. Joining us during this is Sharon Widmer, who is also my mother and mother of five children who all have different interests. In fact, I am the only one who ended up in the rodeo world. Sharon has worked for the world's toughest rodeo. She's been the national sponsorship coordinator for the Women's Professional Rodeo Association. She's produced rodeos on her own and been a coach and a clinician as well as a competitive cowgirl at all levels. So we're excited to hear her insight and share what she's learned in building these relationships as the parent and the coach. Decided to do this Zoom the other day just because we know that there are lots of parents out there who struggle with the balance between coaching and parenting, parenting and coaching. Unlike most sports in rodeo, we don't get to, you guys don't get to send your kids off. What did you do? You get to play both of those roles. So we know that that can be a challenge sometimes. And my mom has had five children. So she's got some experience in that department on children and, and balancing everything. And so I invited her to be a part of the Zoom and we created a PowerPoint. So again, if we, we get to rolling along and you have any questions, please feel free to stop us and let us know. Mom, go ahead and tell them about yourself. Okay. Okay, all my kids are, are very different. Um, Cammy's the only one that's just died in the wool rodeo. I have other kids that like horses, but um, you know, there's there's always a lot of things. There were, was a lot of things going on in our in our household that you have to juggle. Um, I've been involved in rodeo since I was like 29 years old. Um, been got the opportunity to pro rodeo and work with World's Toughest Rodeo, and uh, uh, really have kind of been through the gamut, made a lot of mistakes, but did some things right and certainly learned along the way things um, that hopefully I can help you with if you have questions about how do we handle this? How do we handle this? So like Cammy said, we've got a PowerPoint. I have a tendency to get rolling and get off track. And so this is designed to kind of keep us on track. But um, if you need to go a little bit outside of the boundaries of the PowerPoint, feel free to, you know, we're here to we're here to help. Kind of a cool thing that we've been doing as a family lately is a program called HCL. And in the program, we go into all kinds of depth and stuff about how we communicate and how we show up in the world. And we have learned a lot as a family. I have two sisters and then my mom and I are in the program about where we had hiccups in our past too. So we've had some really difficult, heart-wrenching conversations that have really helped our family grow and understand just in the last three weeks. So we really felt that this would be a good time to share with you guys too, because 
we've been going back and figuring out where things went wrong and where people's feelings got hurt and what maybe could have been approached differently. Yes, particularly just a different, different, you know, ways to express things, the language that you use. Um, you'll, we'll point out a few things that will make it helpful, I think, to you to, to uh, talk with your kids in just a little bit different tone. It'll allow you to be more open with them without hurting any feelings, I think. So one thing that I think is really important that we sometimes get caught up in is the day-to-day -day and what we want to accomplish right now, what we would accomplish this week, this month, this year. But what I think is really important to remember is that at the at the very end of it, your goal, what are your goals as parents? Once they leave your house, once they leave and they're out on their own, what do you really want to accomplish? And then we want to backtrack into how we can do that through rodeo, through parenting, through coaching, through everything. So in the end, what you want is your kids to be independent so that they're self-sufficient so they can go out in the world and not have to completely depend on you. We want them to be employable, respectful, caring, loving. They want them to be friendly and have lots of friends. You know, that's what we really want at the end of the day. Yeah, rodeo is, rodeo is an amazing opportunity to build all these things because, you know, it's kind of up to your child and whether he excels or or does not and how hard he works so um there isn't a team it's it's you and the kids and maybe some outside help so we kind of think that it's very important to establish with your kids um when you're being a parent and when you're being a coach and to try to keep the two a little bit separate so when you're a parent um, you might have to nag a little and, you know, urge them a little, say, you know, get your homework done. You, I expect you to fold your clothes. Um, you can come cry on my shoulder. What can I do to help you? I love you. Um, you you're a parent in your home. And after a run, you can be a parent and say, you know, hey, honey, you know, let's, let's get through this. But when you're being a coach, when you're out in the barn, like in the practice pen or in the competition arena or directly before or after a run, when you're the coach, it's a different role. And if you can keep those separate, it's a little bit happier deal. If you can leave what happens in the house, in the house, and what happens at the rodeo is, is different. If you can keep those roles different, it's very helpful. Cody Huber, he uh, is a really good student, or Kath Roper, who's been trying to make the NFR and he's been real close and his dad's been to the NFR a couple times and his dad just distinguished with him at a very young age and he said hey here's the deal I'm your dad but I'm also the best coach you've got so when we're in the practice pin you're going to respect me like you would a coach when we're at home we can talk about other things you know we can we can work out the parent stuff at home but in the practice pin I am your coach I'm the best coach you're going to have because I'm the cheapest coach and I have the heart and the desire to help you so just distinguishing that, uh, you know, between you and your spouse or, you know, the mom and dad or whoever's helping you, grandma, grandpa, uh, and just distinguishing those roles so that from the very beginning, you and your spouse and you and your children understand what you're doing there. Okay, we've been learning a lot about saving versus 
saving and helping versus serving and supporting. And this was a real eye-opener to me. So I've always wanted to help people, like help you, help you, help you. And that is a good thing, help, you know, that, but it also comes with some negative connotations of use in the wrong context. So the definition of saving is to keep safe or rescue. Rescuing is another word that I've learned um, goes along with saving, but isn't always a great thing. Um, so to keep safe or rescue someone or something from harm or danger, to do an activity for a person, the definition of help to make it easier for someone to do something by offering one services or resources. So that is a good thing as long as it's used correctly. So one thing that can happen, I, I heard a story the other day and uh, a lady was telling me about a dad who had a daughter and the daughter brings the dad a banana and she says, hey dad, will you help me? And she he takes the banana and he peels a fork. She couldn't get the banana peeled. Well, the next day she goes up and she still can't peel the banana and she says, hey dad, will you help me with this banana? And so the dad takes the banana and peels it for him again, peels for her. The next day she has the babysitter there and the babysitter says, uh, she walks up to her and she says, hey, can you help me peel this banana? And the babysitter tells her, well, I think that there's plenty of ways that you could figure that out on your own. Maybe you could use this, 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 or this, or go in the kitchen and find something. Well, two minutes later, the little girl comes back and she's got the banana cut in half and she's happily eating it. Where the babysitter would have thought that, you know, she would have peeled it from one end or the other. She took a knife, cut it in half, and she figured it out on her own. So that is when, rather than saving or rescuing the little girl as the father did when he just did it for her, the babysitter gave her an opportunity. So she gave her opportunity to serve and she supported her. When you're constantly doing things for your kids, you're actually robbing them of the, of the opportunity to get good at something and to challenge themselves. So um, you become a server, you're of use to them. Um, you make it really, you know, convenient for them. But if you support them, then you, you can promote what they're doing and you can tell them, you know, you're doing that right or something, but you need to let them do it and you tell them how rather than just do it for them. Uh, Cami coaches a lot of little kids and their parents, um, you know, six-year-old kids are coming in and they need to saddle their pony. And uh, so that the parent will grab the pony or grab the saddle and bring it over. And, and Cami just goes, well, you know, she needs to, or he needs to saddle that pony. And they go, and they get this look on their face, like, um, like she can't, but you should see the look on their face when with a very little help they do. So the difference is I can, I may need a little help. I can do it better in the future, but I can. That's where I can starts is when you quit helping. Yeah. Okay, and it's important to take the time. So again, like we talked about in the very beginning, a lot of parents will come in and, and they'll say, I had one dad, little girl, I never saddled her own horse before. And by the end of the weekend, she was saddling all of her horses by herself. So he came to pick her up and he was pretty proud of her. And, you know, way to go, Shawnee, that's good for you. Like, man, I'm glad you know how to do this. And I went to their house two weeks later 
he said he was saddling a horse for her. And I said, what are you doing, Sean? And he said, well, it's just a lot faster if I do it for her. And I thought, well, that's not the way that it's supposed to work because in the end, we want them to be self-sufficient. We want them to be independent. We want them to be able to take that role on themselves and be able to do it without you. So even though those things can take a lot of time and, and obviously there are times that you really do just need to get it done. And that's definitely understandable. But if you have the extra five minutes, take the extra five minutes to let them figure it out on their own. Yeah, in the in the long run, it's not going to take you more time. You won't have to do it at all. So struggle through it. Let them let them figure it out, and then they can do it, and you can saddle your own horse. Okay. Anybody have any questions on that? Okay. So now we're going to talk about sitting down and creating the game plan or a contract. So this is going to be a conversation that you have with your children and it's a neutral agreement where you can come back all throughout the year and say, okay, remember when we talked about this, like this is what we agreed upon. It'll keep you both accountable. We're going to talk about things that we're going to ask the child to do and the things that the parent agrees to do. It's going to create clear clarity, understanding, and allow you guys to work together versus butting heads against each other all the time that I said, you said, and whatnot, because we're going to have a place of re to reference. So we recommend putting the ball in the child's court first, rather than you sitting them down and telling them what to do, you're going to ask them questions. So questions like, what are your goals? And then obviously you might send them off to their rooms, or if you have more than one kid, um, you know, have them figure that out on their own, or maybe ask that question at dinner one night and say, you know, tomorrow we're going to discuss this. But for tonight, like this is our question, please come back to the table tomorrow and we'll sit down and talk about it. You can say, how can I support you as your parent? What are things that you need from me as a parent? How can we support you as a coach? We need to start differentiating between parent and coach. What can we do to physically celebrate the victories? So. This summer, I had a young lady working for me, and she was learning how to rope the dummy, and she finally caught it. I mean, it had been days. She was just, she'd had some really bad habits, and she was struggling, and so we finally got her on our horse, and when she got done, she she said, woo, and she threw her hands up in the air. I was like, well, yeah, way to go, but like, I did not expect that kind of reaction out of her, and she said, well, Joe, the guy that I, I live with, he's an older family friend. Um, is that every time that they accomplish something, whether it's chopping wood or it's, you know, taking out the dishes or taking out the, doing the laundry or whatever it is, you're accomplishing something big. They had assigned a physical activity that everybody in the family knew what that meant. So that's a way that, you know, they really know that they've got your back because that's something that just you and your family have going on. So it's specific to you. Um, what are things that we can verbally say? A lot of times we think we're saying the right thing for me as a coach, uh, or I hear parents are like, well, I, I feel like I'm supporting them. I feel like I'm telling them the right things, but they're just not getting it. So this is the chance to ask your kid, what do you want to hear from me? Versus just assuming that we know what they want to hear because it's what we want to tell them. And then the last thing is the consequences. 
let them be accountable for if they don't do something, this is what I think I should give up. You know, rather than you being the one that's the bad guy all the time, let them decide, you know, if I'm have a bad attitude, then I have to run two laps or down and backs or do 10 push-ups. Or if I don't do my laundry, I have to saddle my sister's horse too, or something along those lines. But maybe try to let them come up with those consequences on their own. Yeah, going back to the first, when you're when you're asking your child, so what are your goals in, in wanting to rodeo? Um, it's going to be different for different kids, and it needs to be okay. Um, some kids just want to go have fun, have have a nice horse, get a point now and then, be social, just enjoy going to the rodeo, and you know that's okay. Um, there, another kid is going to say, "Man, I want to win a buckle, and I want to win it now," and and that's okay too. Or I suggest that you listen to your child. And if they say that they just want to have fun and get a few points here and there, don't push them harder. You know, it's, it's okay to be happy doing something. In fact, it's very important to be happy doing something. Um, it should be your child's decision when they want to step up and and be a champion but we cannot we should not start out wanting them to be a champion because they're all going to start out taking little steps and being so far from it uh, that you have to be need to be really excited with every increment that they take Accountability is a huge thing, like being accountable for myself, being accountable for, you know, just anything, our decisions, our goals, what we say, what we do. Um, so a few things that we recommend uh, for the accountability is asking them how you can help them, or how you can support them verbally. As a cheerleader, do you need to be, have words of affirmation? You need to say, I believe in you. I can I can see you getting here, like you're getting better, or uh, there's a whole list of different kinds of words of affirmation. I'm proud of you, I'm proud of how far you've come, I've seen this improvement in you, uh, the list goes on. Or do you? Do they know that you need to be the drill sergeant, that you need to get after them? Do they like tough love? Is, is that what works better for them? And as a parent, you'll, you know a little bit one way or the other, but uh, play with those and this just gives your child an opportunity to learn about themselves too and how they're going to show up in the world when it comes to having a job and a boss and um, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, uh, all of that. So this all trickles down the road to when they're older. And then physically, what are things that we can do when you aren't pushing yourself, paying attention or staying committed? Do we need to give you a pat on the back? to say, we still believe in you. We know you tripped up. It's time to step it up though. Or do we need to go back to the drill sergeant and say, hey, we agreed on running push-ups, jumping jacks, whatever it is, uh, you know, more chores, more whatever it may be, whatever you decide in this contract that you're creating. Here are some words of affirmation. 
Um, you can just replace the I with you are brave. I love you. You are powerful. You are honest. I mean, these are some of these are kind of cheesy for this, but along these lines. And definitely always let them know that you see the good in them, that you see them as good people, that you, even when they're not doing great, they still need to know that you have their back. Even if it is, you got to have some tough love. They need to know that the love is still there. So then after the child, your children have given you all of this, then it's time for you to take that information, sleep on it, and then figure out how you as a couple or as an individual are willing to support them. Things that you can do emotionally, physically, financially. So emotionally would be, okay, I'm willing to support you with giving you those words of affirmation. Here's some things we can do. Physically, I'm going to push you this way, this way, or that way. This is what you've asked me to do. Financially, we are willing to give you X amount of dollars to start with, or we are willing to pay your entry fees, or whatever that looks like in your family. But that way you're on the same page, and then you can start. It opens the door to starting to teach your children about taking care of money. We have a friend, um, and their passion is showing cattle. And... He's a busy businessman, just like uh, all, all parents are. Very busy, very busy. And but he wants his kids to show, and he wants them to do well. But when he comes home at night, his kids are in high school, and even when they were in junior high, he expected them to have figured out how to pay their entry fees. They are responsible for finding a hotel. They are responsible for getting everything in the trailer. This is your project. I will support you um, by helping you find and purchase the best calf that, that we can. But that's it, kids. And um, that sounds like really, really tough love, but it is putting the ball in the correct hands. And um, you're... If they want to go, if they want to do things, you will be amazed what a youngster can get ready and get done on their own. You don't have all day. Most of you don't have all day to help your kids get ready. And even if you do, it's really not your job except to help them when they're too small to do it themselves. And then using the phrases have to versus get to, like as as a parent, as a coach, uh, I don't have to help them. I get to help them. I don't have to support them. I get to. I get to run the shoot for you. I get to watch you. I get to haul you. I get to pay for you. I get to uh, just making it to where your your child doesn't feel like they're a chore to you. <laughs> it's a whole different feeling when you actually say that yourself. I have to do chores. If I tell myself in the morning, I get to do chores, then what comes to mind is I get to get out and get some exercise and I get to do such a wonderful thing. Whereas if I say I have to, that's how I feel about it. And that's so true about everything in life. If you just change those words from have to to get to, it's a pick me up. Yeah. So then on from there, then you can say, for our support, this is what we expect for you to have done. Um, and we'll have them say it in the context. I get to have my schoolwork done before I do practice. That way it's taken care of. 
uh, and just have the list of what they need to do in school, what they need to do in the house, what needs to be taken care of in the barn, what needs to be prepared, and what needs to be ready before you leave for the rodeo uh, or the jackpot or for the lesson or, or whatever it may be, keeping that ball in their court. One thing that I really appreciated of my parents when I was in high school, they taught me, they expected me to have the entire trailer loaded. I mean, it, all but the hay on top of the of, on top of the trailer. Everything else was my responsibility. This was my rodeo. This was my opportunity, and it was my job to have that stuff done because this was this was for me. And they were taking time out of their weekends and out of their work schedule, and they were doing this for me. So it was my responsibility to have all that done. Then when I went to college. I knew how to handle that. There were probably at least five kids on the team, and I think this is true all across the board, that they didn't know how to check their oil. They didn't know how to pack their trailer right. They didn't know how to pack feed. They didn't even know what feed to put in there. And the parents gave them a 10-minute tutorial before they sent them down the road uh, to college. And so they got there, and they just had no idea and they were lost and they were confused and then everybody else had to help them and that was frustrating um it's frustrating for those that are around you if you have to be the one that helps all the time and if you're the person it, that has to be the victim who can't can't do things for themselves that's really frustrating for them too so by setting this up and being very transparent on what you expect then there's no excuses there's no questions everybody gets to be on the same page non-negotiable so we chose this because it sounds a little bit more positive than consequences but these are things that you can sit down with them and say okay if you have a poor attitude this is what's going to happen end of story like we're not going to have this this is not an option whining not an option if it happens this is what's going to happen end of story bad grades, poor sportsmanship, not getting chores done. Whatever this list needs to look like, whatever it is in your household or your practice pin, that way everybody, again, is on the same page. I want to jump in here. One of the biggest mistakes I made with my son, Tyler, um, he, he wasn't a go-getter when it came to putting his clothes away and stuff. You know, when I get home from work, you could see him scrambling to get stuff done, which I don't care. I kind of leave things to the last minute, but he was particularly bad about taking the initiative to get things done. He went out for karate and he was really, he was pretty good at karate, um, but he was being really, had a poor attitude at home. And I said, Tyler, you have to get some of this done. Um, you've got to, when I come home, you know, this needs to be done, that needs to be done, that needs to be done or you're not going to karate anymore. You know, I really booby-trapped myself. I totally took something away, gave him the opportunity to fail in a way that I was going to have to take away karate. I didn't want to take away karate. So I'm imploring you to don't make the same mistake. Don't say, we're not going to any more rodeos if you if you get bad grades or we're not going to the next rodeo, if I hear you whine, you want them to go to the next rodeo. Um, rodeo is a great thing. It's, you know, builds them in so many wonderful ways. 
Don't threaten to take away something that you don't want to take away. I was raised that if I say I'm going to take away something, I'm going to take it away. Not that you can't change that, but when once you threaten something and you don't follow through, how believable are you? So set up so that you can be believable that your um, your consequences aren't so big that you totally turn them off. Um, I went back to Tyler and I says, listen, I'm really, really sorry. I didn't mean that if you didn't do so, I really don't want to take karate away from you. And he just says, I really don't care anymore. Um, it's not a big deal to me. I, I didn't get to go a couple times. Now I don't want to go. So think about that. And before you put out those consequences, make sure they, they fit and that you aren't accidentally threatening to take away something you don't want to take away. So we have a question, um, Nicole Sowers. I have a six-year-old that is very timid and now says she doesn't want to ride at all. How do we encourage them to keep going? Uh, Cami, you have had that with a, a lot of kids. Um, I know that one thing that works for some parents is to just say, hey, Let's go to let's go have you ride with Cami, or let's go have you ride with a friend. Um, change it up so that it's fun, 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 and an experiment. Um, you get to work with someone else. You get to try a different horse. You want them. You want them to want to do it. And there's a reason they didn't want to do it. You need to look at that reason. Is she afraid, or is he afraid? Um, Nicole, can yeah. you? Uh unmute yourself and can you tell us a little bit more about why you feel like she's timid um okay so she is the fourth kid and they're kind of with me so i'll be careful a little bit what i say um but her um we just really got into rodeo a year ago or yeah basically a year ago my oldest has always ridden but like rodeo just really got big a year ago and my oldest is somewhat jealous that this six-year-old has a really good barrel horse and wants her to go fast and so I think that some of it has been the 13-year-old is kind of pushing her to go past what she wants um and we've talked to the 13-year-old about that too about just trying to let her have fun walk it's okay to walk um and that kind of stuff but she has she did fall off of one of our ponies. Um, and since then, I think she's a little more scared to fall if she's going fast. Yeah, that's very understandable. Um, I had a little girl, have a little girl coming for lessons and she had been on an old horse uh, that was a calf horse. Both of her parents are super competitive and she had super short reins and this horse is 25 years old and you'd never expect it to be him to be this kind of horse but he figured out how to put his head down and kick his butt up and get this little girl off and you know she's six years old and super uh you know super wanting to please but still very very timid and that just it scared her it was a big horse and she dang sure didn't want to hit the ground again so uh they started bringing her for lessons and we put her on a horse that was just super safe and we put her on a route in a round pen and put her in a situation where she could really build her confidence and we 
I tried to make it to where we set goals. At the end of every single lesson, we set goals. If she was scared, you know, we talked about, okay, why? How can we overcome it? And then make sure that we just try to make sure we're putting her in a position where she's kind of calling the shots, but we're supporting her with words of encouragement and not pushing her to make those decisions, uh, but just trying to guide her to where she's more confident. And within three lessons, she had not wanted to ride at all, not in any way, shape or form. She was done. Uh, within three lessons, she was loafing in the round pen. Uh, one drill that really worked was I, it's a balance drill and just working on getting her to where she's more confident on the horse. So we put her in the round pen and I'd say airplane arms and she'd stick her arms out and hands up in the air. And then we went through all of like turn the butter, uh, pick the apples, you know, do all those kinds of things so that she gained that confidence in her own strength and her own ability to stay balanced on that horse. Um, and yeah, like, and Amanda just put in the chat, you know, allowing your child to teach you some things too can be really helpful and let them, you know, ask them how you can support them. Yeah, what we see a lot is it you know if she's afraid of that pony for a bit because something happened let someone bigger get on the pony and really make sure that it is behaving she's she's young and you know ponies may challenge her but make sure that when she is on that she feels safe that the pony is safe and that the, you've got the right gear so that she can definitely stop the pony when she wants to. Um, it's been very helpful for a lot of kids that are kind of timid to ride with other kids, other than brothers and sisters who you already have maybe some preconceived notions as to how fast she should be going. It's okay to go slow, but I can pretty much guarantee you when you put her with other kids her age, if you can find that opportunity, um, she's gonna want to, probably gonna want to keep up. Yeah. And I think too, don't be afraid to get help from somebody else. So like this little girl that I was talking about, her mom wants her to be successful. She wants her to get to where she can go fast, but she's also scared to death for her. She's timid for her. She's got anxiety like you can sense the mom's anxiety because she wants her to do so good and so the little girl also senses that when she's around so even though the mom has equally as much knowledge as i do if not more and is you know has the best of intentions just the energy that she puts when she's around her it, it scares the little girl right now because she's just timid so the first probably five lessons the mom stayed at the other side of the arena until we got to a point where it was like, okay, come watch. And then it was awesome. And now she's built that connection with her. And the mom has also seen that she's been successful multiple times in a row and that she has control again. So it's also helped bring the mom's anxiety down, even though she has the best of intentions. Yeah, it's perfectly okay to go slow. Perfectly okay. Okay, so Gabby has said, we have a seven-year-old with huge aspirations, which is awesome, but how do we help her pick more attainable goals without sounding like we don't believe she can reach them? 
Well, um, I would just say that you should communicate with her where, you know, have her tell you what she's comfortable with doing right now. And then you can talk with her about how far we're going to get. We're going to try to get in the next month and set a goal that isn't way out there that is attainable probably and um, find those win-wins without putting that goal out so far you want you want those little win-wins we're gonna we're gonna try to you know what if you can tie a goat in 21 maybe in two months you could you could tie one in 19. But it doesn't matter if you don't, just make it very attainable. And so that she isn't pushing herself so hard that she's disappointed all the time that she's not tying in 12. Well, I think in, in, you know, in your situation, Gabby, I think it would be good to be able to put a stopwatch to some things. Like she's got goals of the images in her head of where she wants to go but she hasn't been in the competitive arena that much. She hasn't been entered yet. So she doesn't even know where she's at in comparison to where she wants to get. So like today, Gabby sent me a video of her tying her foot. You know, maybe start timing that and saying, okay, this is where we're at right now. You can tie your dummy this fast. This is our goal. So that way we kind of have something to gauge our growth and where we're at compared to just the vision that we have in our head. Um, I think that's going to be a really good tool once it warms up to get uh, to get her where she wants to go and just having those those things that we can time and set markers at. Okay, so if you have any more questions. Um, so she she like wants to reach her goals and I noticed that she'll be super gun ho and and moving forward and you know giving it her all and then I noticed like a couple days of burnout after after that and how do we just kind of stay steady instead of spiking up and down with moving forward if that makes sense there's something to be said for limiting your practice you'll make it a good solid practice but don't let it get so long that they are kind of burned out. You leave them, leave the practice with them wanting to do more, not being exhausted. Well, so over quantity for sure. And maybe rather than having the physical all the time, like which I know that you guys are watching a lot of videos too, but say, okay, I am going to tie this many times my foot. I'm gonna tie my dummy this many times. I'm gonna watch this many videos that I'm going to spend 10 minutes writing down my goals or focusing on my goals or reading a book or whatever it is. And then you're done. And then you'll come back the next day. That way you can build one block at a time versus trying to go from here to here to here to here. Yeah. So and then going back to using the words, you know, you get to do this now. Um, if it's, if it's not overdone, they're, might build that anticipation for doing it every day or four days a week and don't put and if, any of, if any of you listening have some strategies that work for you too like this is open for you guys to share as well it's not just us talking so if you have any strategies 
please feel free to, to chime in. So we have a strategy that we use with our kids. Um, we um, do what's a power list. We have planners that our kids have um, that they write down every week goals that they want to accomplish that week and they have a power list and they check it off every day. So if they want to rope their dummy 10 times, they or for 30 minutes and then they want to ride their horses for this long and then this long and then every day they check it off. And at the end of the week, they're accountable. They don't get in trouble for not doing it, but they either win the week or they fail the week. And I mean, they have no repercussions if they fail, they just fail themselves. So they tend to be more um, driven to to win the week when we ask about it. Cause you know, we say, how was your week? Did you win the week? And they'll say, no, I didn't win the week. I didn't do this. Or I, I did win the week because I, I, you know, they'll come to you and say, you know, I've, we won this whole week. And every Sunday we sit down and fill out our planners and our weekly goals. And they seem to do well with that. I love, I love that. that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So Anybody else has anything? Uh, we'll go ahead and move on. So now we're going to talk about what we can do at the rodeo uh, or right before we get to the rodeo. So pregame. Uh, we like what my mom told me when I was growing up that really helped me uh, specifically in barrel racing, but then I transferred it over to my other events is designating words. So while you're at home or while you're at the practice pen, there are words that we use like your tip or your hands or whatever it may be that, that resonates with you and what you have learned and the terminology that you use. But take the, that one word and create a definition so that when you go to the rodeo, rather than telling your kid, don't forget to keep your tip down with your elbow up and swing so fast and do all this and, and making it a, a long drawn out set of words that turns into mumbo jumbo, Make it to where you can say no more than three words and they know exactly what you're talking about. And that way, and if they do it beforehand, then when you get to the rodeo, it's simple. You can say, okay, you got to focus on your tip or if you're running, girls, even if you're roping, you got to keep my hand forward. That's my hand forward, my eyes forward, hand forward, eyes forward. Um, smooth was a big thing for me in goat time. It was smooth, smooth as fast, smooth as fast, smooth as fast. Or I would just say, Flank, gather, tie. Flank, gather, tie. That's what I would think about. That way I wasn't worried about how fast my horse was going or about all the other stuff that can go wrong. I was focused on exactly what I needed to do to be successful. And that's my parents knew that and they would support me with that. Um, you know, hey, Cam, what are you going to do? Flank, gather, tie. That's it. And then ask them what their plan is versus creating a plan for them. Um, sometimes I've seen parents, you know, they go and, and they check the draw for their kid and they watch the cap for their kid and they create the plan exactly what they're going to do for their kid. Um, again, that you need to put the ball in, in their court and let them come up with that stuff. If that's part of the plan that you created to support them that day because they're so busy, you can say, okay, but let them ask you. That's their responsibility we're not just building them up to be champions at 7, 10, 12, 15. We want to set them up to where when you send them off, they can be responsible for that stuff on their own. And even if that does mean failing at one rodeo because they didn't take care of business, that's a lesson that they need to learn the hard way. 
just asking them how can you support them uh, and that's the question you'd want to ask before you know just pregame what's your plan how can i support you what do you need from me next phrases to avoid so this kind of goes along with that if it were me i would want to you should all of those change the focus from what they're doing and their run and them being in the arena to you. It's not about you once you get to the rodeo, it's about them. And we need to rephrase those to what would you do in this situation or how are you prepared or just making it about them and not about what you do. You can do that at home. After you get done, you can reassess that situation. But in that moment, it's about them and what they're focused on in the present. Also, don't say the don'ts. Don't hit a barrel. Don't worry about the barrier. Don't do this. All of a sudden, you're telling them what they shouldn't be focused on. We want to talk about focus first, just what you're focused on. And then, but, and I'll let you talk about this. Yeah, I can guarantee you that if you go into uh, a pattern on a horse, that hits barrels and you're thinking, don't hit a barrel, you're gonna. Um, how you change that is say, I'm gonna put my horse's feet, in, in your mind, you visualize that run, I'm gonna put my horse's feet here, here, and here. I'm gonna see that, I'm gonna play that video in my mind. And I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to this point. I'm going to this point, I'm going to that point. But in reality, if you go back about, you've got someone gonna give you a clue from this from the stands, you're going really, really fast. A lot of things are in your mind. You have to react. If Cammie's on the outside saying, get past, I know I'm gonna get past that barrel. I'm, she's gonna say, get past, and I'm not gonna think I'm going here, 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 here. I just know that I'm gonna get past I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna hit a barrel. I'm gonna get past. So put the positive into that as an example. Can I talk about the butt? Oh, the butt, yes. Um, my my daughter that's the next oldest is, um, we're, I'm, I'm going through this um, HCL, this hardcore leadership conference so that I can communicate better with my kids. And my next oldest daughter had me go to a counseling session with her. And what I learned there is that everything you say after the word but is what someone remembers. Everything before the word but is gone. So your, your, your kid has just made a uh, smoking pole run, except they hit the first, you know, the, the end pole. So you're going, you did a really good job. You know, your horse is really hustling, blah, blah, blah. But you hit that last bear, that last pole. Your kid no longer remembers any of that praise, any of that um, cheerleading. They don't remember any of that. All they remember is, but you hit a pole. So separate your praise from your suggestions so that they hear the praise and put the suggestions in a place for suggestions, maybe a little later. Just remember the word, but erases everything in front of it. Okay, nerves. We 
kind of talked about it a little bit before with the mom in the example, but I know that we all have nerves. I have nerves watching my mom. I have nerves watching the kids that I coach. And obviously you as parents want the best for your children. So you have lots of nerves. Some people handle them better than others. Uh, one thing we've really been learning a lot about is what you put into the world, you will return to you in abundance. So if you are putting fear and worry and nervousness and all of that energy in the world, your, your child and everyone around you is feeling that. So if that's what you're putting out, then your kids' energy and nerves have to be that much stronger than yours in order to overcome what you're emitting. So to work on that, um, try to really come up yourself with things that you can tell yourself to help you overcome the nervousness and just the calm, reinforcing, quiet, positive energy so that they feel that. They feel that you're proud of them already. They feel that you've got their back, whether they win or lose, that no matter what, you believe that they're going to do great. Uh, I have a little have a little story that goes in here. Um, when Cammy was a junior and a senior goat tying in the national finals, the high school national finals, um, she would leave her dad in the in the stands because he had a tendency to just be fidgety and, and say too much or the wrong things. So she said, mom, come back here because I know you'll be calm. So I'm back there and I'm being calm, but I am so nervous that I have terrible diarrhea. I mean, I <laughs> so if you can exude calmness, even though your insides are turning upside down, don't be pacing, don't be, you know, just put on that calm face, take deep breaths, let them out and be there for your kid as, as their, as their calm side. Yeah. Be like a duck. Calm on the surface and paddling like hell underneath. <laughs> um, a few things that can help with that are breathing. These are techniques that you can teach your children too before they go in. Uh, box breathing is a really good one. Inhale for four counts. Hold it for four counts. Exhale for four counts. Hold for four counts. And just repeat that four times, minimum, three or four times. Uh, shoulder rolls is another one I like to do. And I do this before I compete because my heart gets to racing and my horses feel that. And so I want to make sure that I am doing my best to keep my energy down too. So just bringing your shoulders all the way up and squeezing them, squeezing them, squeezing them, and then taking them and rolling them back down. Like almost try to get a pencil pinch behind your, between your two shoulder blades in the back. And just do that three or four times. You can inhale for four, five, six, um, and then exhale. Make them long, nice, calm, smooth. Inhale and exhale. Okay, so then after the post-performance, after you're reevaluating, focus on the growth. Three things that went right. No buts in this. Just three things that you improved on. And then one improvement. So just really... Again, no buts. Three positive things, one improvement. If you say, but you didn't do this right, that's all they're going to focus on is not doing it right versus we did everything else right. We can improve on this. This is how we can fix it. So um, focusing on what you can control. The serenity prayer comes into play here. Um, 
God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can control and to can't remember the last part, but to not worry about the things that I can't control. Out of your control, the weather, um, the judge's call, <clears throat> what path you drew, the wind, um, you know, what other people said to you before, what other other people's actions. You can't control those. And when you're talking about these post-performance things, that stuff will come up. Well, but this, but that, but this, all of the excuses will come up. And that was out of their control. What could they, what were the things that they did right in that situation? And then in that too, it's important to distinguish when you're being a coach and kind of, you know, being direct about that, like positively direct, um, and that you're not parenting them in that role, but you're, you're just being their coach right now. Okay. Handling disappointment. This is actually the little girl that's been coming for lessons. So that was kind of funny too. I like this. Justin Smith told me to put it on a hundred point scale and give the overall grade. It really works when I say that was about a 90. So that's a really good thing that you can do for performance. Um, yeah, put a scale on it. Measurable things are great. Okay, so disappointment. This is one of my favorite things and it's something that my mom had to put on me was the pout rule because I was a powder. Um, I had a hard time. I still have a hard time when I don't win. Uh, it's, it's a struggle. Fortunately, I'm an adult and I have learned how to overcome it a little bit better. But go, uh, go ahead, mom. Yeah. Um, from the three years old, if she got to make an exhibition run at a, at a rodeo or something and things didn't go right, she would come and sit on the trailer step and just kick the dirt and oh, I didn't do very good and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, kind of, kind of let her be that way for a while. But then she got a little older and she would be so disappointed in herself. And I just don't want to even go out and play and hang out with my friends and blah, 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 blah. So we put together a couple of things, the, the 15 minute pout rule. Yeah, you go in the trailer by yourself, you know, find yourself a corner, go ahead and feel that, feel all those emotions, you know, go ahead and, you know, kick the dirt or, or whatever. You can, you can be disappointed. It's okay. You are disappointed. But after 15 minutes, that's over. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, have a drink of water, Go outside and do something different. You're done pouting. Um, you know, I help Cammy with that because I used to do that myself. My husband would say, get over it. And you do have to get over it. It's, it's, just, it's just an event. The emotions that we put on that event are, are up to us. We can let it go or we can just uh, hold on to it and put negative connotations on it. But you know, there's another rodeo. There's there's fun to be had. Get out, you know, get your pout on and get out and do something else. Um, one day she was particularly couldn't get out of it, just couldn't get out of it. So I got some pieces of paper and I said, you write down, you know, here's this piece of paper, write down all the things that went wrong, write down all the things that you're feeling, all, all this stuff. And she wrote you know, like 10 things. So then I took that piece of paper and I pull off one thing and I'd read it to her. I says, okay. 
So you, you tripped and that meant that you didn't get your tie. So I said, well, that's in the past. And I'd rip it up, throw it in the trash can. And we went through all the things, all the disappointments. And I said, there, they're gone. How do you feel now? And she smiled and she goes, I feel better. So that was kind of an extreme example of how to get through your emotions, but it works. Okay, so just a few final tips. Um, let someone else video if you can. If you are playing both the role of coach and parent, usually wherever you're at, there's going to be lots of other parents around. You can give much more accurate feedback if you're watching it through your own eyes and then re-watching it through a lens. But if you're trying to focus on videoing and zooming and all that kind of stuff, you're not able to really focus on the run. And so if you're able to, just hand that off. Uh, I guarantee you the mom right beside you or the dad beside you probably knows how to do it. Um, that's always one thing that I know that my mom, whenever she videos or my dad has started taking on that whole stuff too. And, and if they're around and they're doing it, it's like, it never fails that they might not even watch the run because they're messing with their phone or they couldn't quite see or, and it would have been better off if they just wouldn't have watched it or wouldn't have tried to video it at all. So it's, it's always better for me to not be videoing so much I care about because I'll be looking over the top and oh, and I can't cheer and I can't give her advice. And yeah, I just trade with some other moms. I'll video your kid if you'll video mine. And sure works great. Works so much better for me. Yeah. Yep. Just make it easy. Let, let other moms and dads support you too. Um, celebrating the small victories. One tenth is worth the celebration. I mean, anything that's small, like just celebrate that all along the way. Physically, whatever that motion is, the, it could be as simple as a thumbs up or a double thumbs up or a thumbs up with a shake or it's just something little that has a special meaning to them uh, to, to celebrate that verbally, whatever the words of affirmation are, things that you know resonate with them, things that they have told you that they want to hear from you. Uh, this is a great place to utilize those on even the little things so that they know that you're with them every step of the way. Don't put butts in that, you know, just I'm proud of you. And keep it fun. Have games involved in there, you know, camaraderie, a little hooping and hollering and cheering on and, you know, do things that are creative. Um, it's okay to leave the rodeo grounds and go play mini golf or to go out to eat or to, um, go to the go-kart race or to go, whatever it is, it's okay to, to do something different every now and then and not put so much pressure on it. So just keep it fun. Uh, make sure that when they get back to the trailer, they know that there's love and support there and that there's not a butt shooting coming or all the butts and failures. Make sure that they don't feel like a failure. Uh, they're hard enough on themselves, especially if they've created this dream and this plan and this vision on their own with your support versus you creating it for them. Um, so just make sure that we, we keep it positive all the way through. Obviously there's times that a kid needs a butt chewing. Uh, there are times for that. Uh, these are just tips that we have to overall try to be as a guideline. And always remember, there is always another rodeo. There's always another practice session and always another opportunity to get better. 
in the next moment, there's an opportunity to get better and grow. Just keep moving forward. One thing nice about rodeo, I don't care how many world championships you've won or everybody fails in rodeo at some point. You just, it's part of learning to be a human being, learning to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. I guarantee you that uh, Trevor Brazil has fallen on his face and I have fallen off my horse and um, it's gonna happen. So the rodeo family is gonna be there to say, hey, it's okay, I've done something silly like that before too. Just learn your kids, you can help them learn to, to realize that just do your best, everybody messes up, especially in rodeo. And it's so much more evident because it's just you, you're out there alone and, and you're the center of everybody's attention. But we all make mistakes, even the world champions, you know, pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Let's, let's go on to the next event and, and work on um, doing that less often. Yeah, and that's true for you as parents too. Don't be so hard on yourself. There's gonna be times that you slip up. There's gonna be times that you use a butt when you shouldn't have. There's, there's gonna be times where it's not pretty and you make mistakes too, and that's okay. We're all human. Um, don't be afraid to own up to it. I've learned a lot in the last couple weeks about negative feedback. Um, there's sometimes we get into this idea that everything has to be, we want to hear just the positive things all the time. And we kind of talked about feedback, but even, you know, when, when you ask your kids for feedback to say, Hey, how did I make you feel when I said that? Like, I'm really sorry. I said that. How did I make you feel? That way they can get it out of their system and it's not harboring underneath that, oh, well, my mom or my dad did this or they said that and I'm just angry about it and they apologize, but I'm actually still angry about it because they're not actually going to tell you. You're just going to assume that you covered the bases because you apologized. But, you know, own up to it. Say, hey, how did I make you feel? How can we avoid this in the future? You know, we want, we want to be on the same team. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So that's what we have for you guys today. If anybody has any questions or anything you'd like to share, any stories, any suggestions, please do now. Yeah, I'd love to hear some of you, your experiences and your struggles. That's what we're, this is really all about. We've kind of given you a classroom, but we're really here to hear from you what your struggles are and see if we can give you some ideas to get past them. Well, I wanted to thank you guys for this because I definitely learned a lot. So not to take up everyone's time, but our story was quite different where my daughter literally just started riding horses um, three years ago. She went from zero 60. So she went from a mini pony to a bigger pony. Now she's riding a 1D barrel horse. She's in Gymkhana. What won top prizes in Gymkhana? She was, she's just a natural at riding. So we got her into rodeo and then eye opener. She's not the best, right? <laughs> but when she started, she thought she was the best. And everyone kept saying, oh, Emma, you're so amazing. And oh, Emma, I can't believe how good you ride. And we found out that she was, she's really competitive and she's really cranky. Like if she doesn't have the fun, there's tears. Like she's literally laying on her horse coming out of the barrel race with tears falling. She, 
you know what I mean? So my husband and I, that's what we're having a hard time dealing with is we want her to enjoy it. If we can't take her to practice one night, cause we live in Northern Alberta. So our weather stinks up here. So if we can't take her to practice one night, she's mad at us. She is just, oh, well, you know, we had to buy her a 1D barrel horse. We bought her a goat tying horse because she's so driven. And she does all those things that you guys said. She's goal entered, she orientated, she cleans her room. She keeps her horses fed and blanketed and she loves them, but it's the attitude with us. It, it's it's hard. She she really ruins the day some days. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, she knocks a barrel, she's just done. She's done for the day. So I think I got a lot of advice from you guys on how to maybe handle this situation and maybe some of the things I've learned on what I'm do, doing wrong. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, I really think a big thing will be to make that list, sit down with her and say, you know, you're going to make mistakes when this yeah. happens. This is how we're going to handle it. Um, yeah, exactly. You might ask her too, like in that, you know, when, when she's, when she's having that fit, you know, or after she runs and, and things don't go well, you might just ask her, how do you think you show up in the world? What do you think you are putting in the world? What do you think your what do you think your friends feel? The people who love you, what do you think that they feel when this gets drug on past the 10 minutes out? What yeah. do you think that, you know, how are you impacting the people that you love? And yeah. maybe kind of help hold her accountable for her action, you know, and make her really think about it. Yeah. No, that sounds really good. I will try that too. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mom, this is a good question for you. Jay said, as a parent of five, how do I juggle the two rodeo kids, ages six and four, and then share the same amount of time with the other three, ages nine, two, and three months, plus actually ride my horse and compete myself? Is that possible? Make sure you unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Yeah. It absolutely is possible. Um Number one, something I did that I'm, I'm kind of paying for now is um, I definitely rode my horse when I wanted to ride my horse pretty much. You know, I made sure that all the kids were, were you know, you need cookies, you need to go to basketball, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that. It's a big, big juggling act. But if you make a contract with yourself and with your kids and you actually space things out on your planner and be very rigorous about doing things. When you say you're going to do them, there's room for everything. Um, you're going to have to have some help. Uh, hopefully, you know, I don't know what that looks like to you, but enlist, enlist some help. You need support in getting all that done. So, and you also need to be very specific about this is when we're going to do that. This is when we're going to do that. This is when we're going to do that. Now I'm going to take these two kids to the rodeo. The other three might need to stay at grandma's or grandma needs to come with us. Um, make a plan and stick with it and you can have it all. I think we talked about a little bit earlier in case this question came up. Um, when you have kids that maybe aren't involved in rodeo as well and they have other things going on, to just be really transparent with the children that aren't involved in it, that you have a coach, you have a coach at practice, you have that hour, the hour that you're there, 
is an hour or a half hour or however much time that I can spend with this kid because I am the coach for him. And just being transparent about the fact that you are playing two roles and that they have a, another specific person for that. Yeah, if it's just you, sometimes you're going to go to a baseball game instead of a rodeo and you're going to set up with your rodeo kids with another family. Um, you need to be there for all of your kids. Um, but like Cammy said, be transparent. This is how this is going to go. Be a dad, be, you know, be the one that's in control, give them, let them give you some input, but it's really up to you to determine what your schedule is and make room for yourself to ride to. One thing that my mom has always made perfectly clear it, since I was little is that she is an adult and she still has a life. I am her child, I am not her life. I am part of it. She cares about me, she loves me. She's still gonna go out with friends sometimes. She's still gonna enter rodeos. She's still gonna ride her own horse. She's still going to make her own pottery and have her own business and her own career and her own goals. She's still a human. She's not just a mom. She's not just a rodeo mom. She's a person who has dreams, visions, aspirations of her own. And I need to, I needed to learn as a child to respect that. We see a lot in today that these kids, you know, the, the parents become so involved and so completely entranced in that, that at the end of the day, what are we showing these kids? Are we showing them how to be an adult and how to be a mom and how to do this in the long run? Or are we just showing them strictly how to be a mom and that the kids are everything? We've got to show them that there's more, there's, there's, you can't have everything. Life is well-rounded. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy time for sure. Um, but you can do it. You'll get through it. Just uh, the word we've learned is, uh, is rigor. Have your rigor. Build your schedule. Stick with it and get all the help you possibly can. Somewhere down the road, you're going to be helping someone else. So don't give up on anything and don't give up on any um, your kids having everything they want to. And there's kind of a so... My mom obviously helped me when I was growing up and she had feral horses and they got passed down to me and she helped hold goats and she hauled me to the rodeos and both of my parents did and were very involved with my growing up. Uh, but then my mom got hurt and she was off and on for like four or five years. And so I was at college, I was training horses full time for a living. So I was doing all of these things and I was continuing to learn, to learn, to learn. So I had everything that she had taught me plus what I was learning on top of that. Well, part of that was riding her horses for her. So when she came back from being hurt and started riding consistently on her own, I had to be the one helping her. And she can tell you how that felt. <laughs> wow, what an eye-opener from going from the coach all the time to getting coached. I got to feel the way our kids feel when we're, when we're telling them, do this, do this, do this, do this. Cammie's going, mom, you got to do that. You got to do that. And I was so resistant. It's like, oh, I had to breathe and calm myself down and say, it's okay. You know, listen to Cammie. You can listen now. And it was really, really, really hard. 
but it let me know what kids feel and why they're turn they turn their parents down because your parents are yakking at you in the house all day and then they're yakking at you in the barn and you, you just they just go Whoa. but having cammy come back and coaching me i just went i just i just wanted to shut down so i had to open my heart up and go listen to her she knows how to make a horse stop better than you can listen to her Go ahead and do it. It's okay. It was really, really hard. Um, but believe me. Exercises come really into play in that situation because I also, yeah. I got to feel how she felt when I was being a little a-hole when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not very nice sometimes. I would just soul up and, no, I want to do it my way. I can do it. I can figure it out. Like, it was, I mean, I was that kid, hard-headed, stubborn. You know, I wanted to do it. I wanted it was so hard for me. And even as an adult, like I resist letting other people help me. I want to, I want to figure that out on my own. Uh, but that's one thing that just being transparent about that. And, you know, if you do have one of those children sitting them down and, and just saying, Hey, I am here to help you. I am here strictly to give you advice based on what I see. You videos are a great thing. Like if you're in this situation, Pull that video, don't even try to have an argument. Pull that video camera out when they're not paying attention and say, all right, do it again. Let's keep practicing, keep it the same. Let them figure out their own mistake. <laughs> I also felt at the gut level, like just leave me alone now. Like she's coaching, she's coaching. I'm trying so hard to take it in and figure it out and do it. But I just like, just stop. And we, I'm telling you this because your kids are feeling this too. You can only, you can only take in two so much and it's different for different people. And I thought I could take in a lot. I can sure dish out a lot, guarantee you. But when it's coming in and you're looking at your kid and their eyes are like, they've had enough, let them digest it. Let them, you know, that can be enough for that day. Just, just drop it for a while. Let, let them. Cammy, let me think about this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an eye opener when all of a sudden you go from coach to student again. Yeah, and it's okay to just say, "Hey, am I going too far? Did I go too far? Are you done? Like, are you full? I'm just trying to help. This is what I, I, has worked for me. You're the one training their horses. Just say, this is what it. I'm, I'm just here to help you. If that's enough, maybe even have a safe word like a. I'm done word that just says enough that we're done with this conversation. And that way everybody just, can just kind of absorb it and then revisit it. It might be walking away for five minutes and get back to course and going outside and, and coming back and then trying again. It might be not revisiting it for 12 hours, 24 hours, 72 depends on the situation. Oh yeah. Erin says she found Kaylin watching me ride and telling me already what I am doing wrong. And a lot of times she sees things that I can't see on my horse. I've had to learn to take constructive criticism from my daughter at the age of 11. But I'm also proud to see her wanting to help me. Yes, when, when you t let your child go or take your child to someone else to help them, you should be watching so that you understand how they're being coached. And when you go back and your child's working and trying to do those things, 
listen to them if they say, this is what I was told. And you can say, I heard it this way. And, but believe them a lot of the time, if they're the one being coached, they might know a little more than you do. And uh, that's, that's tough. You know, asking a lot of questions helps, helps decide, help people to decide what's right. You know, what did you hear? Let him, let him say it. What did I hear? Let him say it now, which is right. Asking those questions of kids all the time, lets them tell you what they know and what they don't know. Yeah, asking that with the coach around. But one thing that I always try to do at the end of every lesson is, okay, let's go, let's go tell your mom and your dad what you learned. What did you learn today in your words? And then I will repeat words that I have used and have them describe it. So, or, or define it to their parents so that we have all, we're now all on the same page of terminology. It's not, well, I saw you doing this, but what I was saying was totally different than what the parents saw. So that puts everybody on, a, on an equal playing field. And it's okay to let your kids get help. No, every single parent that has ever come into our barn and gotten a lesson has said, my kids listen so much better to somebody else than they do to me. It's just, it's just how it is. Even even with all this transparency and, and doing our best to, to be upfront and open, that's definitely going to help. But I, I know at some point in my life, I have a plan to once a month minimum take my children to get lessons from somebody else, whether it's an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, or I'm paying for lessons, or it's a clinic, whatever it may be, we're, we're going somewhere else. It took Cammie till she was a junior, I think, in the barrel racing. I had to just kind of let her, let her figure it out because she'd get upset if I tried to coach her all the time. Finally, she came up to me and said, Mom, I'm ready to listen now. Yeah. The big breakthrough, but you got to realize it's, it's hard to listen to your kid and it's hard to listen for a kid to listen to their parents. Not the end goal. They focus on the end goal. All right. Anybody have Jace, any other questions? Jace wants to say something. Yeah. Okay. Um, horses is horses is important. Yes, they are. You are right about that, buddy. Are you sure? Yes. Are. He needed the As whole a, thing to say that. <laughs> yeah. As a parent, yeah, I think the best thing we can do is. Find a horse that fits your child at the stage that they're at and then keep moving them up. Whatever you can afford, get them mounted because that's that is the basis of their success in most events. Yeah, we had a question. The best age for a kiddo to start roping off of a horse. I'm so nervous. Uh, I think that's... That's variable depending on who your kid is. You know, some kids aren't ready to handle that. They're not coordinated enough. Um, you know, I think if, if personally, if you've been roping the dummy a bunch and they can catch that consistently, if they can follow a dummy consistently, if they can catch consistently, and then you want to make sure that you have the right cattle, slow cattle, breakaway ropes, uh, just set them up for success. But, you know, there's some kids who start roping at six five, six, seven, however old, and they're just fine. They still have thumbs at 50. Um, 
other kids, they're they're not prepared for that. They're not coordinated enough. They're not mentally able to handle all of the different aspects of roping. So I think that really just depends on the kid and the situation that you're able to provide them to keep them safe when they get started. Any other questions, comments, suggestions? Yes, breathing is a good thing. Breathing, trusting, believing. She said, thank you, he's six and seems so ready. This mama bear just needs to relax. <laughs> just remember they're breakaway ropes for a reason. They come yes. off. Yes. Thank you everyone for tuning in tonight. Or yeah, so thanks thought. for joining us. Yes, we're really glad to have you and just glad to be able to share with you. And if you have any questions, contact us at rodeokids.com. We're here to support you. If a question pops up, Thank you. shoot us a message and we'll do what we can to, to help give you some guidance. Thank you all for joining us. Really appreciate it. All right. Great night. Cam, can you post this, the um, PowerPoint someplace? Yes, I will share this it. and then I will post the PowerPoint in both the Rodeo Kids and the Performance the Pony Pros uh, chats or the Facebook pages. So you can get those. I just like to say congratulations to you all for having your kids in rodeo. I know it's it's been a tremendous thing for so many young people. They find their best friends there. You get to camp with your with your kids in high school and junior high rodeo. What other sport is so inclusive? Everywhere we go, you've got your rodeo family. Um, people call us, oh, there's someone broke down. They're a friend of such and such from such and such. Could you go help them? Of course we will. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's awesome that you're in it. Cammie's doing rodeokids.com because she loves the sport and wants to give you as much support as she can. Um, so spread the words and tell anyone who's involved to go to rodeokids.com because there is a lot of good information there. Are you interested in hosting a clinic in an arena near you? Check out the rodeokids.com clinics. Our clinics are hands-on with lots of one-on-one -on -one interaction, fun, games, encouragement, character building exercises, and no excuses taken. We love helping the youth and seeing them get to the next level, both in the arena and outside of the arena. We know that you can learn so much on the back of a horse and with these events and horsemanship and how directly it relates to life and the lessons that we need to be successful human beings both in and out of the arena. So again, if you're interested in a clinic for rodeo kids at all in any part of the country, please check out the rodeokids.com clinics. Are you looking to host a clinic near you? Check out the rodeokids.com clinics page. We offer hands-on clinics with lots of one-on-one -on -one interaction, practice drills, mental strength and awareness, and different things that you can do physically to improve your performance. We also take no excuses. We believe if there's a will, there's a way, and we're here to help you find it. 
We create opportunities for all students, including parents, to learn skills both physically and mentally. Because we know that the skills inside the arena relate directly to the life skills we need to be successful outside of the arena. So check out the rodeokids.com clinics page to schedule a clinic in an arena near you.